This week's episode is brought to you by Lovers of the Unique Resin Crafts. With a wide range of products from home decor, pride merchandise, and a growing selection of Warhammer-themed shot glasses, Lovers of the Unique Resin Craft has a little something for everyone. Use the link in the description below. Hello and welcome to Geeks with Shields, your home for all things good and nerdy in this, the darkest timeline. I'm Axel Wright, and with me as always is... Let's brace for the NPR voice this time. It's Lord Commander Ulrich. <laughs> anyway, how are you doing today, Ulrich? Technically, I already asked you this question. Behind the scenes, we already recorded something today. But why break with tradition? How are you doing? It's hot. Why does it always get hot when you're recording? Yes, it is very hot. It's it's starting to cool down where I am a little bit, and I feel some air actually coming out of my vent, which is nice. So, but but yeah, it's too hot. I hate the heat. My 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 Warhammer army uses flamas. I don't want actual flamas in my life. <laughs> we need an ice army. I don't know what it'd be, but I mean, oh, space oh, should have ice, ice stuff, honestly. So yeah. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Warhammer. We already did that once today. <laughs> But before we get into what we're actually here to talk about, we have to sound off the patrons, people who support us. They not have to get to sound off our patrons. And they are Pam Galley, Marquis, Chris Chipman, River Galley, Krug, Arthur Crane, Kevin Vay, Brennan Agnew, John Vinnels, Kit Kenny, Seth Decker, Jesse Johnston, and Donna Lucy. If you would like to join that illustrious legion, I do like that Ulrich came up with that term. I like it quite a bit. Anyway, but if you'd like to join them, just head on over to our Patreon, Geeks with Shields. For a dollar a month, you get at minimum 25 cents per content, like episode thing we release. Sometimes we do more. Rarely have we gone under. I think we've gone under like once ever because we were, were had like personal things come up but generally speaking we always put at least four things out usually more and every little bit helps goes a long way towards helping us with the podcast anyway Ulrich, i already know what we're talking about today but tell them what we're talking about today well i'm just gonna start with a little bit of news i don't know if you saw it but apparently warner brothers is working on joker 2 you know that standalone masterpiece that was never going to get a sequel is getting a sequel. I'm going to be perfectly honest. I didn't watch Joker. I know the entire plot from talking with people, from watching reviews, eventually from just straight up reading the plot synopsis because I'm the kind of person that I like knowing stories. You know, if I don't want to spend two hours, you know, watching something. And I like Joaquin Phoenix a lot as an actor, but there was a few things in that screenplay and I've heard that they don't come off well on the screen either. So, but that's a, that's a difficult movie when you get right down to it, like to talk about. <laughs> oh, we're not going to talk about that today, but it does kind of work a nice segue of we're going to talk about what is the popularity of the character of Joker? Why is of all the Batman characters? Batman has a lot of characters. Do we keep coming back to do stories about Joker? Okay. Okay. Well, for those of us who. Well, I, I kind of do know. So for, first of all, for anyone who might not know, Joker wasn't ever meant to be a recurring character. And Joker was in, was it Detective Comics number one with Batman? Uh, I think, yeah. It's one of the early, I'm going to be front, front here. By Batman the way, I only just sketch. recently found out, sorry, I only just recently realized that DC stands for Detective Comics. I oh, can't believe I, I can't believe I didn't know that, no. Oh, so I never no, thought I about that it. One. 
Oh, fun yeah. fact for the day, folks. Anyway, but yeah, Joker was was in the first Batman story, but Batman was supposed to kill him. And I never actually read Bat- that that first Batman story, so I don't know how it plays out. But I know that they decided at like the last moment not to have him be dead, dead, so they could do something with it later if they wanted to. So ah, the origins of the comic book death. Yeah, pretty much. Now, as for the Joker himself as a character, it's kind of hard to pin down because he's actually gone through so many iterations. Like all comic book villains go through iterations, but few go through as many varied iterations as the Joker. I can think of a few like Lex Luthor's gone through some crazy iterations. Yeah. And on the Marvel side of things, I would say uh, Magneto has gone through a lot while keeping a generally good solid core. But Marvel like, villains are a lot harder to re- hard reset than DC yeah. ones. But like Doctor Doom, he hasn't changed like at all, and for the best because we like Doctor Doom the way he is. Yeah, like he's good. Uh, Venom, really, Venom Venom's done a bunch. As far as all Marvel characters are concerned, have. yeah. But actually, I, I brought up Venom specifically because Venom, I feel like, is a very good counterpoint to Joker, and I'll talk about why later. But. Again, Spider-Man in general is a really good counterpoint to Batman discussions for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Anyway, so we talk about Joker specifically. We talk about there's generally, what, three main versions of the Joker, I would argue. uh, And all the many, many different variations are in some way a subset of that. We've got the what I'm going to call the Joker Prime, which is where he's just a serial killer or a, you know, the gory kind of almost realistic but just has the clown get up and the the personality and the laugh. This is usually where your darkest versions of the Joker come out. This is where like uh, death of the family comes from and, and things like that, which is a pretty, so I never remember if yeah, death of the family was a really good Joker comic. I read that one. I also read, um, was it the final joke? Uh, I just, I, I actually have a joke. Coke. Huh? Not killing. The killing joke. Oh, the final no, joke. Not, I don't know the final joke. Yeah, no, I, I don't remember, but I was what I have a coworker who's really into Batman. And he had me read like a few Joker stories. One of them was Death of the Family, where Joker shows back up and seemingly cuts off the faces of all the Bat family. And another one has him come back and he's supposedly like an ancient spirit of Gotham and he's actually like a trickster god or something. It turns out it'll be bullshit, but that one I didn't really like as much. But it still did the same thing where like Joker is this really kind of gory, like threatening to cut off Harley Quinn's face. Like so that there's our one version, the the serial killer version. We have our goofy, over the top clown version, which is you know made popularized by Cesar Romero and you know when the from the original 1960s Batman, as well as when the comics code hit comics very hard and everything had to be a lot more soft. This is a Joker who mostly just wants to annoy Batman and annoy Gotham, and he does so by coming up with crazy clown based contraptions and gadgets and schemes that might be dangerous, but really at the end of the day, it's done to be it's giant punchlines and um, you know, he's fun. And then the last one is the anarchy based one, whether that is the Joker who believes that they are the embodiment of anarchy or the Joker who believes that they want to spread anarchy. Think of Heath Ledger and the, I'd say the later Batman, the animated series Joker, whereas the early Batman, the animated series Joker falls in the Cesar Romero kind of vibe. But would you say there's any more? I feel like those are the three main archetypes of what Joker is. I feel like that basically covers it. And I think also, oh, no, that's another topic I was going to say. Of We only ever really do one type of Joker, which makes it kind of exhaust, which has brought about the my personal Joker exhaustion. Yeah, it feels like, well, it, it doesn't help that since 
Heath Ledger, the anarchy driven Joker has become kind of the de facto, which I get it. Heath Ledger's performance was great, but I still like, I mean, Batman the Brave and the Bold still had goofy over the top Cesar Romero as Joker, but that's because it was Brave and the Bold and Brave and the Bold was amazing. Yeah. And we still get, I think, plenty of bits of the, at least in the comic industry, in the comic world, serial killer Joker, I think, is still the most prominent. That's why we get things like Death of the Family and whatnot. We get the we're in this weird thing of it's one part serial killer Joker, one part anarchist Joker, and we just kind of keep mixing these two in forever on repeat. And For I the think... record, I want to be very clear about something. I adore the Joker. In college, all my college roommates took on we called each other Batman characters, and I was the Joker of our group. I still have a Joker card in my wallet from that. Which the joke came about because we realized that one of our roommates was acting like Batman. He was just always gone at night and sleeping during the day. But that being said, I think The Killing Joke is one of the most overrated comic book stories that exists. That's Yeah, even Alan Moore thinks that. Yeah, so just want to get that out there before we go any further. So No, I, I personally love that Alan Moore has kind of got to the point like, you guys all missed the fucking point. <laughs> Yeah, and I love Alan Moore's work. I adore Alan Moore's work. We've, we've gone on record that Watchmen is like a favorite thing of the Geeks with Shields podcast. But Killing Joke feels so outdated at this point. Then there are better Joker stories. So, so hell, you know what my favorite Joker story is? Mm. Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's fucking brilliant. Yeah, that's my favorite Joker story. And it, it's a one that takes place in Batman Beyond for... for for Bruce's sake. So well, Mark Hamill and I'll we'll just divulge the Mark Hamill. I feel his performance captures the three tight, the three jokers, you know, he's oh, yeah. a little bit, he's very threatening when he gets creepier. Like, Oh no, Luke Skywalker is going to eat my face. I feel like it's a common thing at this point that, uh, Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill are the voices. When a lot of people read the comics, those are the voices that are in people's heads. Those now. are such good portrayals. Yeah, and then given, again, there are other good voices for Joker. I think I think Brent Spiner's performance was way over criticized. I think uh, John DiMaggio's performance in Under the Red Hood is really good, mm. if a little understated. But you just can't top. Who Mark does Hamill. him on Harley Quinn on the Harley? Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk does a fantastic Joker. The funny thing is, Alan Tudyk has admitted he never saw the Mark Hamill performance. He was basing his performance uh, mostly off of his own interpretation of Cesar Romero's performance. That feels like, and Cesar Romero, I don't like 60s Batman, but I love Cesar Romero's Joker. Well, he was he was the king of the goofy over-the-top one because it was 60s Batman, so. It balances. But no, so let's get down to the brass tacks. Why are we so obsessed with only telling Joker stories? Why well, does every a, Batman property have to have Joker? Well, here's the first thing. This is why I brought up Spider-Man. In my opinion, and that's just in my opinion, I'm not claiming this to be objective at all, most of the best villains, or at least the most engaging villains, are the ones who have an extremely direct relationship with the hero. There are exceptions to this. I mean, literally the greatest comic book villain of all time, Doctor Doom, while he has a direct relationship with, with Mr. Fantastic, that ain't what's interesting about him. So, But other cases, a lot of the best ones, like Lex Luthor and Joker and Venom, I know there's a lot of people who don't like Venom, but... Come on, we all can acknowledge that at least when Venom was at his most interesting is when he's directly in conflict with Spider-Man. Now he's doing his own stuff. Well, we're going to do an episode on Venom. I'm not going to go my diatribe about Venom here, but we're doing an episode on Venom. Yeah, my my point is that 
Joker is the epitome of that. Literally, there is no supervillain who is a more perfect counterpoint to their hero than Joker is to Batman. And I feel like it makes it so that your stories, even if you don't intend them, have crazy amounts of subtext just baked into just having these two characters inhabit the story together at all, regardless of what they're doing. And yes, like I said, I didn't wasn't a fan of that one Joker comic I read that had him with his ripped off face and at the end it had Batman and him dying under rocks and Batman being like, oh, you are my friend or something like that. And I admit I don't like killing joke either, mostly because well, mostly because everything to do with Batgirl, but that's a whole other question entirely. But again, the fact that you've got they are literally, you know, the, you've got a hero who looks like a villain and a villain who is a literal clown and their interactions are the most like dripping with character of any hero to villain interactions. Other than that, like as for similar reasons why I love Lex Luthor among Superman's villains, because Lex and and Superman's interactions and their relationship is way more interesting than Superman's and Brainiacs, as much as I like Brainiac as a villain. And it's why in Spider-Man, Green Goblin is the villain because the pathos behind Norman Osborn and Peter Parker's relationship and the fact that Green Goblin is almost entirely what would happen if Spider-Man didn't have the guidance from Uncle Ben makes their interactions worthwhile and super engaging. And Joker is kind of the top of this, I think. Yeah, but there's other villains that honestly are underused at parable with Batman. Bane immediately comes to mind because Bane has the intellect to match Batman, but the brawn to overpower him. Yes, but you just said he's a parallel to Batman. Joker is not a parallel. Joker is a complete and absolute perpendicular to Batman. Okay, Bane, fair. Bane is that's you are right. That is partly what makes Bane so great. I watched I read a um I read a series of 16 issues of Batman or something. Maybe it was like only eight issues of Batman 2016. I don't know. But it was called I Am Bane. And it illustrated that Bane and Bruce Wayne actually had extremely similar childhoods. Just one was in an actual prison and one was in a manor prison. But yeah, that's what makes Bane – or that's a big part of Bane's interesting is that he is very similar to Batman. But Joker's is the other direction. He is the complete opposite of Batman. Yeah, no, I get that. So ultimately, is it just the Dark Phoenix problem of every storyteller immediately wants to rush to doing this and skip all the other stuff that you know gets you there? I do think you're right about that because, again, I love Joker, but I don't deny oversaturation. Personally, I want to see a lot more like Mr. Freeze stories because Mr. Mr. Freeze doesn't have the same kind of interaction with Batman. He's been a way more interesting character for the last like 20 some years. Even Harley Quinn managed to make the one episode about him really interesting. And, you know, Batman is even in Harley Quinn, really. I mean, a little bit, but not in that thing. So. But yeah, I think it's really just a matter of Joker is so exciting to use as a character. He's such a a tool to tell almost any kind of story you want. And his very existence makes inherently kind of heightens whatever story you're going to tell by being a story with Batman. I do think that lends itself to overuse. I think it kind of boils down to two parts. One, everyone knows Joker. Whether they've read Batman or not, they know Joker. So instantly you're going to get that, well, I'm going to... They, yeah, people know who that is. Two, he is as popular, if not more popular, than Batman. Yes. So, again, you've already got this pre-made market. 
I, I don't think it's a good thing. Now, the I question, think... though, the question you brought up at the beginning, though, why is Joker so popular? Now, I've gone you on know, my long diatribe about him being the opposite of Batman and that being a, creating an inherent uh, relationship there. I think there's another thing going on. I think Joker is interesting to a lot of people for the same reason that, say, serial killers are interesting. Joker is the most extreme psyche in Batman's rogue galley, possibly in comics. Like that's kind of his entire character is that he is the most extreme psychotic in the business. Zaz is pretty high up there though. Yeah. But even Zaz has a very specific MO. He hunts women, he murders them and then he marks himself. Joker is less. Every time you think you can get a grasp on Joker, he kind of, will jump to the side. Like I said, the closest I can get is my three archetypes. And even they, as you established, mix and mesh in, in different you know, amounts and, and ways. I think you just hit the nail on the head, though, of the reason Joker is so popular is because he has the quote-unquote crazy in his character traits, which means you can do whatever you want with him and it'll still be Joker. Yeah, you can tell the most diverse kind of stories with him, it feels like. Oh, it's 100%. Like, even when, I don't know if this is still the point, but at one point in the comics, they gave Joker the Deadpool thing of, Joker knows he's in a comic, so reality doesn't apply. And it's like, I I hate that. I I do not like that character. It but, works for Deadpool, but it's, it's kind of Deadpool's thing, and I don't really want to care to see it for anyone else. <laughs> but you can do it with Joker because Joker is quote-unquote crazy and doesn't have an origin, so whatever story you want to tell with Joker... He's a blank slate and people will accept that because I think that's part of the appeal of Joker is he has 30 different origins. He's 20 different guys. It also means it also means that similar to something like Doctor Who, you can find the version of Joker that most appeals to you. And that can be the thing that's like, let's let's look at Mr. Freeze, right? There's basically two versions of Mr. Freeze. There's I'm a crook who has ice powers and there's I'm a tragic figure with my wife. That's that's it. Those are the two ways you run Mr. Freeze. But if you're not in, so if you're not into one of those, you're not going to be into that character. Whereas Joker's got a lot more options as it were. Yeah. And I think just kind of bring us around to the end of just let Joker take a break. I am I like Joker or at least I think I like Joker. But I, there's so many damn Jokers, I'm, I'm done. I don't want to you see another goddamn Joker in anything. You know what's a good way to use him right now because of all the oversaturation? The, hmm. the Injustice storyline. You know yeah. that storyline? Yeah. Well, for anyone who doesn't know, real quick, Joker isn't really in it because he kicks it off. The entire yeah. plot of Injustice is essentially, without getting too much into details, Joker gets in his head that instead of trying to break Batman, he wants to break Superman. And unlike Batman, who has never been able to break... Within a year, he figures out how to break Superman completely. And Superman loses it and murders Joker straight up. There's a famous image of him putting his hand through Joker's chest and Joker laughing about it because he won. He he drove Superman to break. And then that leads to the entire Injustice timeline where Superman becomes a dictator trying to rule the entire world and Batman has to lead a rebellious force against Superman and his heroes who agree with his totalitarian regime. But that's the kind of thing where it's like, all right, with Joker being as oversaturated as he is, but also being a great key for stories, you use him to kick off stories. Oh, they just got me thinking about Injustice. And you're right, and I don't want to go into Injustice 
because I have mixed feelings on Injustice, but I still kind of think that it almost would have worked better had the roles been flipped. But Batman's too much of a paragon to allow that, so... I suppose, but... Well, okay, we could talk about that. That's another interesting conversation we could have another time, I think. So. Yeah, put a pin in that one. I want to talk about that one, because I have thoughts and feelings on Injustice very mixed. Anyway, for a character with, what, 100 years of... Uh, when was the Detective Comics? I think it's 1930s, so like seven. <sighs> 90 years of history we've barely scratched the surface this is just kind of our general thoughts so if you're listening to this and you have a take on why you think this particular character's popularity is remained as high as it is why he's usually almost always in the top three of the best comic villains of all time usually with magneto and dr doom uh but sometimes uh, sometimes lex Luthor. you know well, what's your take i'm curious yeah, I do want to, like, if Joker is your go-to, tell us why, let us know what your favorite version of Joker is, and if you're like me and you're burned out on Joker, let me know who you want to see Batman go up against instead. Personally, I'm pulling for Mr. Freeze because that one has the most uh, potential for a conflicted Batman of he's doing wrong, but he's doing wrong for something that's good. I just want to see more Mr. Freeze stories in general, plus I really like his power set and so you know yeah but anyway thank you all for listening be sure to like share subscribe the more people see this the more we grow the more we grow the more we can do you know how that works and as much as that is you know the thing i have to say it is actually true and we've watched this podcast grow over the three plus years we've been doing it and i love that we're doing it and i love that the illustrious legion is taking this journey with us and I don't know why I'm suddenly getting like poetic, but I just want to say, you know, thank you. And if you'd like to help continue us, continue that support, go follow us on one of these fine, fine platforms, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Pocket Cast, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. And if we're not on your preferred platform, let us know so we can get there, so we can continue to expand and grow and get in everyone's ears. As always, this has been Axel Wright. And his shield brother, Lord Commander Orc. Be sure to tune in next time, and as always, stay honorable.